Well, welcome to the Marty Vento Show podcast. I'm your host, Marty Vento, the informative voice for Christianity all across America, along with our Christian parody band, Apologetics. Check them out online, Apologetics, last three letters, TIX.com. Let's listen to our song called Magdalena from Apologetics. Ah, yeah, I tell you right now, again, if you don't have any of the apologetics that Christian parody band's music downloaded, or uh, I'm telling you right now, their CDs, whatever the case may be, you're missing out. You truly are, and I'm grateful and privileged to have them aboard here on the Marty Mento Show podcast. Well, it is another day that the Lord has given to us, and I don't know about you, but I can tell you right now, it is always a blessing each and every day. I just shared this. Uh, today I had to take a trip, uh, and I had to drop off some stuff, and there was an older gentleman that was there, and, and we got into a conversation, and I said, you know what? Every day is truly a great day because it's a day that the Lord has made. He's given you another day of life and breath, Another opportunity to let your shine, your light shine, excuse me, in the midst of darkness. God is good and he's good all the time. And this particular elderly gentleman is a believer. <laughs> and he was giving thanks and praise to God and acknowledging with me that God is truly good and he's good all the time. Well, again, this is the Marty Mento Show podcast, and we are looking to talk about the things that are important to you, things that are taking place, dealing with today's issues from a biblical perspective. And uh, today is no different. Uh, We are going to continue, as we always do, to learn the Word of God uh, so that we could teach other people and also defend the truth, because in the last days, what we are going to be bombarded with is lies, with uh, that which is not true and especially that which comes from the visible church at times because of the increase of false teachers. And so we're going to do our best here during the Marty Mento Show podcast to learn, teach, and defend. Uh, Today I have a story in front of me. It's headline news that, um, well, it's making me take a step back. I'm not surprised about this. I have noticed quite often in the last, I don't know, since the last election of a lot of the uh, the, the races across America in different states, I've been watching more and more Muslim lawmakers take their place in our government. Now, some may say, well, just by you saying that, it sounds like you're prejudiced. Sounds like, you know, you're troubled. I am. I got to be honest with you. And I'm troubled because I see that in this nation of ours, we seem to be losing Uh, ground and footing of what this nation was all about when it was founded in its principles. And it was uh, upon the foundation of God, his holy word, Uh, even though all the founders weren't necessarily born-again Christians. 
Um, they were deists, some of them. They believed in God. But the truth of the matter is, they looked to God's Word to help establish the principles, the foundation that was needed in our country in which we live. Now, we know that the United States of America has been and it continues to be the great melting pot. People come from all over the world, uh, and they, they come here, some would say, for a better life. They come here for freedom, to experience the American dream, whatever the case may be. But I have been noticing this. And again, I, I'm, I, if you don't notice it, I, I'm wondering, do you pay attention to the news at all? But what has been taking place is more and more Muslim lawmakers have won elections across America. Well, in the state of Pennsylvania, my home state, my, I tell you right now, there is nowhere like home. Uh, I come from a small city called Newcastle, Pennsylvania, and every time I go back there, I go back home. And, uh, you know, i got to be honest with you, there's just nothing like Pennsylvania. And I can say so much about the state, not just because I was raised there, born there, raised there, but it's, it's just it, the beauty of it. There, there's so much about it, the, the farmlands, the people, the food. Um, you know, I, there's so much I could talk about, but I, I just love going home to Pennsylvania. But i got to be honest with you, I truly don't love what Pennsylvania is becoming more and more like. It's, just, it's troublesome to me. Uh, it's no different than the rest of the United States of America. It seems like everything is falling into pieces and falling apart. But uh, here's the headline news out of Front Page Magazine. Pennsylvania Muslim lawmaker, prayer in the name of Jesus is Islamophobic. It's time for all Christians to convert to Islam. Anything else would offend. Now, this is a very interesting story, and it was sent to me by a brother in Christ, and I appreciate Drex, him sending and passing on the story to me. But there is so much in the story that, uh, uh, once again, I don't think the, the average Christian out there today in our world, or even the average American, totally understands what Islam is all about and what they believe, what they practice. And, um, you know, we're seeing more and more uh, of an increase of those who come from foreign lands coming to America, uh, who are Muslim, uh, who are a participating in a part of the religion of Islam. But th there's a lot of Christians that don't understand it either. A lot of people stay, they call themselves Christians, stay away from these individuals. I think they're afraid uh, because of things that they have heard, things that they have watched and, and they have um, noticed take place in the news. But at the same time, um, they've never really taken the time to understand what these people believe and what they're all about. Now, now, first of all, we know, based upon God's holy word in Matthew chapter 28, um, lately I have been, there has been something stirring within me. I, I, I don't want to get all mushy and gushy or even super spiritual here, but I have been lately just absolutely inside there has been a fire that is burning and i i am doing my best uh, to contain that fire to a degree but i i realize in the day and age in which we live what the world needs what every human being needs is they need the gospel the good news now i did a 
uh, podcast, uh, a bunch of podcasts talking about my testimony, talking about the gospel. I got more to say about the gospel. I'm not done yet. I'll come back again sometime in the future, talk about the gospel. But the gospel message, the power of God unto salvation to those who believe, uh, the power of God, God's gospel, to the Jew first and then to the Gentile. And I tell you truthfully, every single time I think about what is going on in our world, every time I read an article like this article that is before me, every time that I walk uh, into a store or out in the streets of the community in which I live, everywhere I turn, I realize that people everywhere need to hear the good news. They need to hear about Jesus Christ. I, I got to say this, and those of you who know my past, you'll understand this maybe a little bit better. I, I was sitting in my favorite place the other morning, um, enjoying a uh, a sweet tea. I get half and half, I, I call it, uh, but uh, I enjoy uh, the tea from Dunkin' Donuts. And I usually am in there in the mornings, and I'm I'm have my Bible open and. And uh, I'm doing my devotions. I'm, I'm just sitting, meditating, thinking about passages of Scripture, uh, studying God's Word. And uh, But at the same time, you know, you have the regulars like myself who come in there every morning. Well, there's one gentleman, and I, I, it's kind of ironic. He stays away from me. He, he says hello to me, uh, but he doesn't go any further. Now, I have tried— to some degree, to breach that a little bit further than just your typical hello. But I know that he knows that I am studying God's Word. Uh, he knows that that's a Bible that I have with me. Um, and I one day just embarked and said, hey, listen, I, I, I want to ask you, I, I notice you reading these books here, are you a teacher? And come to find out, he teaches... Um, Roman Catholic catechism classes. And he almost at first did not want to tell me, but, you know, he shared, and, and I think he knew that I was going to go further with it. And I was. I had all plans. And I, I don't mean, I'm not trying to be disrespectful or arrogant. I just want to, you know, I want to just kind of engage him in conversation. Because, see, I firmly believe that the Roman Catholic Church does not teach the true biblical gospel message. It just doesn't. But I tried to engage, and he just didn't want to. And he hurried up and got his books, and he left. And I, I don't mean to chuckle about that, but I just kind of feel like, you know, I don't know why he didn't, you know, maybe he at some point in time, maybe he Googled me, somebody in there told him who I was, and he Googled and figured out my past a little bit and my dealings with the Roman Catholic Church and talk radio and the whole night. I don't know. It, maybe, maybe nothing at all. Maybe he just felt uncomfortable. But, but here's the story. I noticed just the other day a young college girl, never seen her before in there, and she is in depth in conversation with him. And he is laying it on, not only about some of the stories in the gospel, but he's laid it on about becoming a Roman Catholic and about the Roman Catholic Church. And i got to be honest with you, as I, you know, I don't know if you call it eavesdrop, but I listened in a little bit. You know, it wasn't hard to hear him. He's, he's sharing, he's telling her what he believes. My, my heart ached inside, because I know that what he's telling her is not true. It's not true. Not to be offensive on purpose, it's just not true. 
But there's a right way and there's a wrong way. And I, my prayer is that someday I will see her in Dunkin' Donuts. He won't be around, and I am going to engage a conversation with her. Because one thing that I heard from her was, I have all these spiritual questions. This is her. I'm quoting her now. I have all these spiritual questions, and nobody's willing to give me any answers. But thank you so much for giving me the answers you have given me today, and I'd, I'd like to get back together with you again and talk more. And, and I just, down deep inside, it, it hurt. i got to be honest with you, it hurt. And I guess the same thing is, as I'm talking about this article here, too, it hurts because I realize you have people— from different walks of life, different um, ethnic ethnic backgrounds, different countries, different religious belief systems. But I am firmly, and I'm not going to be moved, of the words of Jesus himself in John 8, 24, unless you believe, unless you put your faith and your trust that I am, which means he's God, Unless you put your faith, your trust in me to save you, to reconcile you, to rescue you, uh, et cetera, et cetera, you're going to die in your sins. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. There's no other way. Uh, Acts chapter 4, verse 12. Um, You've heard me repeat this time and time again, and I use it quite often because it's, it's important. Salvation is found in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given to men by which we must be saved. No other name. Salvation belongs and is through no other person other than Jesus Christ himself, and I'm talking about the true biblical Jesus found within the pages of God's holy word. But we have people in our world, like Muslims and others, who don't believe that. And that's what I was saying earlier, Matthew chapter 28, which has been burning in my bosom uh, more than it has for quite some time, is that the Great Commission, we are to go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe or obey everything I have commanded you, and surely I am with you always to the very ends of the age. We call that the Great Commission. Along with Matthew chapter 16, verse 15, Jesus says, Go into all the world and preach the good news to all creation. Whoever believes and is baptized will be saved, but whoever does not believe will be condemned. These words, these passages of scriptures will not leave me. They, they will not, I cannot tuck them away somewhere. I can't pretend that they don't exist. So what am I saying to you? I am saying very plain and clearly that any individual that does not believe put their faith and their trust, their faith alone, their trust alone in Jesus Christ for salvation, they are going to perish. Whether it be the Muslim, whether it be the college student that's not sure what to believe but has so many questions, maybe would be considered an agnostic, to the atheist who says there's no God, to the Buddhist, uh, to, to uh, the person that, that is from whatever country it may be, from India, maybe they're in Hinduism, uh, for whatever the case, or someone that has created another Jesus or another gospel, 
that is bringing another spirit, whatever the case may be, if one does not put their faith and their trust alone in the Jesus of the Bible, the one and the only one, God's only begotten Son, they're going to perish. Now, some people disagree with me. Some people say it's narrow-minded. Some people say that's your problem. It just sounds so mean and harsh and, and, and you know, almost angry. Like No, the truth is there's only one way. And I really believe today that that's what the church needs to get back to, realizing that all these people around us, even though they are so different than we are in so many different ways of the things that they believe, where they've come from, the way they look, whatever the case may be, the bottom answer, the bottom line answer is Jesus for every one of them. Whether they're a billionaire or whether they are a pauper on the street, whether they're a blue-collar worker or a white-collar worker up in a major office complex somewhere in a big business, it doesn't make a difference. Whether they're a star in Hollywood or they're a no-name person in a small community somewhere, whether they're black, whether they're white, whether they're Hispanic, Asian, doesn't make a difference. Whether they're from up north, down south, east, west, doesn't make a difference. And so this story, as I'm reading this about the Muslim here, I began to realize, first of all, we have to understand something. That when we read stories like this, we have to understand that people only know what they know. Uh, People believe what they have been raised to believe, and it is our responsibility, especially as Christians, to take the good news, the gospel message, to go to people in the right attitude, in in the right way, and share with them the truth. Now, this article, when I read it, gets me fired up. I'm not going to lie to you, because some of the things that this uh, lawmaker, this Muslim lawmaker, states. But, but i got to be honest with you, I, I, I don't sit here surprised, but I sit here realizing my response to this is just as important as if this lawmaker was sitting right here in the room with me uh, in the Marty Minto Show studio. Seriously, if, if, if she was right here, it'd be just, I would want to treat her with respect. I want to want to speak to her and share what I know to be true. I would ask her questions. I would genuinely be interested in what she believes and why she believes it. And, and that's why I've said this before, I think, on this, uh, on this podcast since I've started. And if I haven't, I, I'll say it now and I'll repeat it many times over. I believe our responsibility as Christians is found in 2 Timothy chapter 2, starting with verse 24 through 26. And it's what Paul taught young Timothy. And I believe it's a principle that we, or or numerous principles there, that we need to learn and understand as we are representing Christ, as we are the ambassadors of God in this world. Because we're going to deal with people, and some people aren't going to be too nice. Some people are going to cuss at us. Some people are going to tell us off. They're going to tell us where to go, how to get there. But it's not what happens to us. I've told my children this. My wife and I have talked about it. Our youngest, who is still home with us, I've said it's not what happens to you in life. It's how you respond. 
And, and again, we're all guilty to some degree on how we respond. And usually this response deals with people because people can agitate us. People can irritate us, especially when people make remarks out of ignorance, remarks out of hate, remarks that are, you know, just hitting below the belt. And we listen to it. We take it in. And again, now it's time for us to respond. How we respond is just as important, if not more important, than what we have to actually say. So here's the passage. Listen to this carefully. And the Lord's servant must not quarrel. See, we're not looking for a fight. A lot of people today love to argue. They love to argue, and I I know people like that. I, I know this one particular gentleman. When you start discussing spiritual things and that, he gets louder. He starts getting louder. He starts getting in your face. Uh, you know, he he is looking to win. Like It's almost like you're in a fight in a cage match, and it's life or death, and he's going after you. We're not looking to quarrel with people. We're not looking to start a fight. We're not looking to end a fight. We're not looking to continue to fight. We're not to quarrel with people. We're not looking for arguments. We, we don't have to argue with people. Uh, we, we, we have to talk to people. We have to reason with people. And here's what it says, And the Lord's servant must not quarrel. Instead, he must be kind to everyone. So, you know, whether it is the guy or gal you work with, your neighbor, your family member, um, whoever, a total stranger, maybe because of their language, maybe because of the things that they're saying and how they're saying them, maybe because of their demeanor, maybe because of, you know, their background, um, whatever it may be, maybe because of the ignorance that they may uh, obtain because they, they're, they're, you know, they're saying things that are just not true. We must learn first and foremost to be kind to everyone. Kind to everyone. And I really believe this down deep inside, and I decided to start this podcast because I'm probably going to talk, I'm probably going to break this podcast up into two or three shows on this subject, but but because we're really going to get into what the Muslims believe. And, and I may not, you know, I, I'm not necessarily an expert, but I, I, I know enough to give to you as the blue-collar theologian to dissect and open God's Word and also to share what I do know about the Muslims. But we are to be kind, whether it be a Muslim, a Buddhist, an atheist, an agnostic, um, you know, or someone who just doesn't give a rip in life. We, we are to be kind to people. We are to demonstrate that kindness. We are to look at people, as I like to say, through the eyes of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Uh, number two here, not only kind to everybody, but we're, we're to be able to teach. And, and remember, that's a part of of what we're doing here on the Marty Mento Show podcast. Before you can teach anybody anything, you have to know what you believe and why you believe it. 
Now, some people have said over the years, you know, that's great. You, you know, you used to do Christian talk radio, three-hour program. You took phone calls. You'd answer people's questions, yada, yada, yada. You have the gift of gab. <laughs> you know, they'd say all kind of stuff. You know, uh, they, you know, when I moved down south, you're the mouth of the south, the mouth of the north. When I was up there, whatever. They saw all kind of, but that's not true. You first must know what you believe and why you believe it. So if we're able to teach someone, we have to first learn we got to know it. And the only way to know it, and listen to me carefully, that's why I just said, uh, I gave a disclaimer. I am not an expert on Islam or on the Muslim people. But what I am is a disciple of Jesus Christ, a pupil, a student. I'm a man of God's Word. I study God's Word every day. I desire to know what the truth is so that the truth will set me free. So when I'm talking to a Muslim, when I'm talking to a Buddhist, when I'm talking to Jehovah Witness, to a Mormon, when I'm talking to an atheist, an agnostic, when I'm talking to whoever it may be in our world today, uh, uh, a witch, it could be anybody, a young person who's confused, someone who doesn't even care. I have to know what God has said. Then I'm able to teach them. And people have heard this over the years, and I and I, I, I don't apologize for it. I, I say, you know, the Bible says or God says, interchangeable, because the Bible, all of Scripture, is God-breathed. It originated with God. Man didn't come up with this. Well, I don't believe that the Bible is from God. I believe it's nothing but a bunch of I don't care what you I know what the what the truth is as a Christian. It's God's holy word. I'm going to stand upon it. I have a responsibility to rightly divide it. So I have to study. I have to know as I I've spoken about this before. I can't have secondhand theology. You know, there's certain pastors out there and um you know, great men of God, theologians that I just admire. I look up to. Uh, I thank God for, I pray for them, I learn from them, but I want to know what I believe and why I believe it. I, I had this conversation the other day, <laughs> might shock some people, but uh, one of uh, the men of God that uh, I call my hero of the faith is Dr. John MacArthur. Grace to You Ministries, uh, Grace Community Church out in California, many of you probably have heard of him. Um I love this guy. I used to have him on my radio program. I've read so many of his books, have a study Bible. I mean, the list goes on. <clears throat> Excuse me. But I, I got to say this. I, I said this to someone the other day, and they looked at me, and their jaw dropped. I said, there are a few things I don't agree with Dr. MacArthur on. Now, I got to be honest with you. I don't have a direct line to him, or he's not here uh, before me where I could talk to him and, and discuss things. But, you know, at the same time, sometimes we agree to disagree, but the things that we would disagree on would not be what we would call the major issues. I just have questions why he's come up with certain things that he has taken stands on, but that's okay. He may even think the same if he knew what I thought. But here's the bottom line is what I'm trying to get to is before I could teach anybody, before I could teach my son how to ride a bike, I better know how to ride a bike. I better know how a bike functions. 
I, I mean, that may be a simple illustration, but I, I think it's enough for us to, it's enough for, and forgive me for that sip there I just took, but it's enough for us to understand, hey, listen, this is what it's about. If you're going to teach other people, you got to know yourself. And then what it says next, listen carefully, and I don't want to prolong this, but I think it's important. We're to be kind to everyone, able to teach. Um, we're not to be resentful. We're not to be upset when someone wrongs us. That's basically what it means. And the problem is, is that there are times that people will wrong us. Um, they will say things. They will speak out against us. They will call us names. They will insinuate certain things, just as this Pennsylvania Muslim lawmaker has, that um, can really get underneath your skin. <laughs> got to be honest with you. But when we respond, it's not out of revenge or being resentful. We are to be patient when we're wronged. When people say things and do things, I've had people at times publicly call me an idiot. They've called me other names that I won't share with you here on the podcast. Um, and I'm not necessarily proud of the fact that they called me these names, but they weren't nice. They weren't very loving and kind. They were mean and nasty and hateful. But we are to be patient. We're not to be resentful. Now, now here's what else it tells us real quick here in verse 24. It tells us that those who oppose, he must gently instruct. So once again, going back to that whole teaching thing, we have a responsibility before God with gentleness to correct those who are in the opposition. Now, that's a part of teaching, but it's also defending the truth. When people say things that are not true, they say things that are not true about Jesus. They say things that are not true about God, about heaven, about hell, whatever the case may be, whatever the conversation may be dealing with, about the gospel and Jesus being the only way, and yada, 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 yada. We have to correct them gently. Now, I have been known over the years by some to say I'm not always the most gentle guy. I'm very passionate. I don't get angry. I'm just passionate about the truth. I'm passionate because I know what's at stake. What's at stake are the souls of these individuals who believe these lies. Just as I look at the picture of this Pennsylvania Muslim lawmaker here before me on, on my tablet, on my iPad, I'm thinking to myself, you know what? This lady don't have a clue. She's spouting things she really doesn't know about. However, she's spouting things that she is accustomed to because that's why she believes the way she believes. That's In order to be an, a Muslim, you know, a proper or good Muslim, you have to follow uh, the Islam religion. You have to believe in Muhammad and, and Allah and, and understand the Quran and Hadith and all that. I mean, you, you got to—this is how she's raised, or this is how she's been taught. Some cases, it's how people are indoctrinated. But our response must be to gently correct, must to be to teach them and to defend the truth and say, no, wait a minute, that's just not true. To ask the questions that we need to ask people. Um, 
And it says here that the reason we do this is in hope that God will grant them repentance. See, repentance is a gift from God. Um, in order for anyone to repent, and the word repent really has an understanding of changing one's mind, to think differently, which ultimately has one if it's true godly repentance, they'll not only change their mind the way they think, but they will change the direction in which they're traveling. They'll turn away from the way they're going, and they'll turn to God. They'll turn away from that which is false and turn to that which is true. And repentance is a work of God. It's a work of His grace. And, you know, we are called as Christians— to call people to repent and believe in the gospel. And we don't necessarily have to use the word repent, but in our sharing, in our teaching, in our instructing, in our defense of the truth, we are bringing the facts, the evidence to the forefront with a desire and a longing that God would grant them repentance, that they would come to realize what they have believed, the road that they're traveling is not what God desires. It's not of God. That's why the Bible says in Proverbs, I think, believe it's chapter 14, verse 12, there's a way that seems right unto man, but in the end it leads to death. It leads to destruction because it's not God's way. But it says here that we are to hope that God will grant them repentance, leading them to a knowledge of the truth. See, God's the one who has to do it, the work of the Holy Spirit. Um, I was studying this the other day, and, and I thought to myself, you know, we have to depend upon God to do what only God can do in people's lives. But the Holy Spirit, here's what God tells us very distinctively and clearly in His Word when it comes to the work of the Holy Spirit. When the Holy Spirit comes, He is going to do certain things. And when He comes, here's what He's going to do, starting with uh, John chapter 16, verse 8. When He, meaning the Holy Spirit, comes, He will convict the world of guilt or sin in regards to sin, and righteousness and judgment in regards to sin, because men do not believe in Me. In regards to righteousness, because I am going to the Father where you can see me no longer, in regards to judgment, because the prince of this world now stands condemned. See, there's a work of the Holy Spirit. Now, again, I know I'm taking a lot of time doing this, but I'm trying to prepare you, whether it be this Muslim, Pennsylvania Muslim lawmaker, whether it be somebody at work, at home, maybe your own child, maybe a, your spouse, maybe your neighbor, Maybe somebody you go bowling with in a bowling league. Maybe somebody you fish with, hunt with, somebody you work with. Whatever the case may be, whether they be a Muslim, as I said, whether they be an agnostic, an atheist, no matter who they are, the truth of the matter is we need to trust God as we're loving them and sharing with them and being kind and correcting them with gentleness we're trusting, our hope is, our prayer is, is that God truly would grant them repentance that would lead to the knowledge of the truth. And here's what it says in the end in verse 26, and that they would come to their senses and escape the trap of the devil 
who has taken them captive to do his will. See, that's what happens to all men who are under sin. And all men are under sin. They're captivated. They're being controlled. They're sinful nature. They're born sinners. And the truth of the matter is, the person who is in their natural state doesn't have the Holy Spirit. They haven't been changed. They're not a new creature. The old hasn't passed, and the new come. God's Spirit, the Holy Spirit, is not within them. They don't know the truth. God has to do what only God can do. And so this should be our prayer. We, we should be praying for people. As a matter of fact, this morning in my prayer time, I pray for people that I know beyond a shadow of a doubt that are lost. I pray for my relatives, and I call them by name. I have some relatives that believe, you know what, we all end up in the same place. They have that Oprah theology. It's not true. It's a lie. And I pray for these people because if they die believing this, they're going to perish. Just like this Muslim lady. I've never met her before. I'm looking at her picture. I'm reading this article. I'm blown away by it. But I see the you know Muslims out in the street. I see them in the community. I meet people all the time that come from different backgrounds. But the bottom line is, unless they believe, unless they put their faith and trust alone in Jesus Christ, they are going to perish. But I can't beat it into them. I can't force them to believe it. I can't whack them over the head with my big Bible. I can't go Bible thumping, as some would call it. I can't do that. I have to follow the principles here in 2 Timothy chapter 2, verses 24 through 26. Now, i got to say this to you quickly here. I've shared a lot, but we haven't even gotten to the story yet. And, and I did this on purpose because I, I really believe down deep inside that this, our response to this article, even though it may get underneath our skin, it may, I mean, I, I want to pick up the phone and call this woman. She's in my home state. Now, I didn't vote her in, but she's saying some things that are bothering me. But guess what? I have to realize it's not what happens. It's not what's being said. It's how I respond. I can't lie to you. I'd love to sit down with her privately. I'd love to have a one-on-one -on -one conversation, a true conversation with this Muslim lawmaker. But I need to want to do that for the right reasons, not to win an argument, not to get my voice heard, but because down deep inside I know that one who does not believe that Jesus is the only way, the answer for mankind in the problem of sin, she's going to perish, whether she be a Muslim, a Buddhist, whether she be one who uh, follows Wiccan, one who may be a tribal Indian, one who may be from, you know, Asia or another country, maybe a Hindu, whatever. It doesn't make a difference. It honestly doesn't. Without Jesus, she's going to perish. And that's how we need to look at people. So when we see these articles, when we hear people say what they say, even though we get fired up maybe, and I would say rightfully so, but that firing up inside is realizing they're speaking out of ignorance. They're speaking only what they know. And the Muslim people are very passionate believing that Islam is the only true religion. 
Allah is the only true God. Muhammad is one, but of the no doubt to them, the greatest prophet, greater than Jesus. But knowing all these things, again, the wrong. Many, many years ago when I was in conversation, somebody had asked me about a particular religious belief system that had billions of followers. And they said, could that many people be wrong? The answer is yes. See, God is God. He can't lie. God has spoken the truth. Salvation is found in no other. Again, if anything you gain from this today, gain this once again, and I'm going to repeat it for you. Acts chapter 4, verse 12, salvation is found in no one else. No one else. No other person. I could go even further. No other religious system, belief. No one else, for there is no other name under heaven given to men by which we must be saved. And if you study that passage, the name that they're talking about is Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Jesus Christ, or Jesus that is the Christ, the Messiah, the Son of the living God. Next time we get together, we're going to talk about the beliefs of the Muslims. I'm going to share with you this article. Check it out. It's on front page mag. It's entitled, Pennsylvania Muslim Lawmaker, Prayer in the Name of Jesus Islamophobic. It's time for all Christians to convert to Islam. Anything else would offend. And we're going to come back and we're going to talk more about the story, about this individual, about what the Muslims believe. I'm going to do my best to help you better understand uh, exactly what is going on. But again, I hope and pray today, as you have followed the principles uh, that you've heard in God's Word, you'll continue with me and realize that the bottom line is just simply this. When it comes to the things of God, uh, when it comes to responding to people who believe differently, think differently, our responsibility is to follow the ways of God. It's not what happens to us. It's not what's being said. It's how we respond. Until next time, God bless you. From the Marty Mento Show Podcast.